Welcome to the Outward OPC podcast. Outward OPC is a work of the Committee on Home Missions, and it exists to encourage zeal for reaching the lost and to be a tool for the OPC and other Reformed churches to be more effective in reaching people outside the church. You can check out the website at outwardopc.com for articles, videos, and tools to help you and your church be more outward in your ministry. Now on with today's episode. Brad Herzog here for Outward OPC. Today I have Jim Hookstra with me. Jim is the pastor of Emmanuel Church in Anoka, Minnesota. Jim has also been, as you'll learn, Jim has been a church planter and pastor in a, a couple different settings in the OPC. But Jim, we are really glad to have you here today. And I thought we could uh, sort of jump right in maybe to a, a topic, uh, a question, to, and people get to know you as we, as we move along. I, I went to your website, the church's website, right before uh, our interview, and I noticed kind of across the front, living on mission in the Midwest, which struck me as yes. both encouraging and also interesting. It's very thoughtful in a number of ways to to, to see, have people see that. And I wonder if we could start with you kind of telling us where that came from and what that means in the life of your church, just to kind of get us going. Yes, yes. Thank you, Brad. Um, back about 2004, 16 or so or uh, 17 uh, we did a reboot sort of on the work and we were thinking about what are some of our goals and how we wanted to uh, outface towards the community and uh, one of the things that under uh, girded that all uh, was the idea of our lord's um, almost last marching orders basically the idea of the Great Commission to disciple the nations, to teach them, to baptize them, and uh, that the church at its heart is really a missionary society. You know, we're about worship. Worship ties into evangelism and outreach as well. Uh, We want to bring more worshipers into the fold because this is what the Father seeks after, John chapter 4. And so we wanted to put that sort of in a prominent way uh, in our life and somewhat in our DNA as well. And so how have you seen that since that reboot? How have you seen that kind of work out? And has that sort of infiltrated the the mindset and the culture in in a different way than prior to the reboot? Yeah, I um I'm very grateful for the sovereign work of God uh among us um in this area. Uh God has done amazing things. Uh he has brought to us a congregation of people who love his word, uh who love one another, who love people in general, who want to see the gospel uh brought to their neighbors and friends, etc. And uh, it's interesting. There's no magic bullet in our evangelism as we've gone through things. But um, as some people know, I worked with uh, Jim Bosgraf uh, as a pastor in Oosburg for a number of years, and then Jim became regional missionary. And Jim used to say he would plan this uh, certain outreach, like a VBS, and uh, he would do that and nobody would come into the church through that. The Lord would bring them in the back door, side door, or that, as if to remind Jim of the lesson that uh, God is sovereign. 
you be faithful in the outreach of things. And um, I could tell some stories. That, uh, I'll just share one with you, what was pretty amazing. In the last uh, year or less, uh, we had a family that bought property about a mile or less north of where we were meeting. And uh, we were meeting in a Seventh-day Adventist church. Now we own our own building. But uh, they saw our sign on Sundays. Um, they probably saw the Seventh-day Adventist sign, too, on Saturdays. Uh, well, they had a lit sign all the time. But they decided to uh, show up one day, and they showed up at the end of the service. One of our members has some neck and back problems, and he was kind of stretching out and walking in the back uh, in the lobby area. And they came in and they were kind of uh, shy about everything, you know, about coming in. And he opened up uh, his arms to them and uh, a number of people talked to him, met with him, et cetera. Well, in the course of things, this family has Hmong background. It's uh, parents and three teenage uh, young people. And in the course of things, all have come uh, to know the Lord savingly. And one yet we're going to examine uh, for a profession of faith and then adult baptism and that. But uh, it, it's sometimes inexplicable the way the Lord works, when and where. Just try to be faithful in uh, reaching out with the good news of Jesus. Yeah, well, that's really encouraging to hear stories like that and hear the Lord's work in that way. Jim, I wonder about in a church planting situation, you've had the opportunity to plant a couple times and to see other church plants. Yes. How do you think about building sort of a culture of evangelism with the people, uh, with the, the congregation, people coming in from different backgrounds? I mean, people have different hesitancies about evangelism. And so you have some people who are naturally gifted and you have some people who are scared to death and Everywhere in yep. between, how do you go about sort of, you know, I know culture of evangelism is kind of a buzzword, but it's it's a good buzzword. I mean, how do you create that in the natural day in and day out of a young church plant's life? Yes, a very good question. I might have a rather lengthy <laughs> answer to that one. That's There's a, a number of different aspects to it, Brad. Uh, but uh one of the things is very simple and self-evident is you preach evangelistically. Uh, but not only do you do that, uh, but you end up uh, telling stories of evangelism without uh, fabricating things or, or uh, you know, exaggerating or that of the way the Lord has worked in the lives of people is, is very part. And uh, the importance of talking about evangelism and prayer for evangelism and missions in the Sunday services and uh, during the week as well, like in uh, prayer meeting, etc., I came out of uh, early in my ministry uh, being assistant pastor in Oostburg, uh, which has a, a very interesting history. Uh, one of its uh, finest attributes has been its concern for missions and evangelism. Uh, part of that goes back further, but particularly when Don Stanton was the pastor, and then it was continued and uh, built upon by Jim Bosgraf. 
and it permeated uh, kind of the talk, the prayers, the interest, the helps uh, that uh, the congregation did as uh, as a body. And when you think about it, Cedar Grove as well would be involved in that. But uh, the history of that congregation is interesting because in one form or fashion, that church has been, by God's grace, used to establish churches and three different presbyteries. And uh, we've had the problem in the Midwest that the presbytery split in 1999, then it split last year again. And so what was once one presbytery is now three. And some of that came from the way God used um, Don Stanton when he left Oostburg. Uh, Some of it came from the way he used uh, Jim Bosgraf uh, when he left Oostburg and took the regional missionary job. A couple of things. Um, One of the things I think that's helpful as you go into a situation or part of a situation is to begin to think a bit dynamically of the life of a congregation. Uh, Ross Graham, who used to uh, be our general secretary for home missions, used to talk about this. And you could put it in a nutshell like this. Uh, Your congregation is at point A. You want to, by God's grace, see it at point B. And then you figure out what are the obstacles and the steps necessary to get from A to B. So if you apply that to evangelism in a congregation, you ask, uh, what are the hangups um, on evangelism? Is it fear? Is it uh, not enough uh, non-Christian contacts? Is it pride uh, that we don't realize the centrality of the gospel? Is it uh, introverted people in the congregation? Um, Is it because we don't value people? Um, I was struck just recently by a verse out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, where a young congregation, Paul says this uh, in terms of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. And uh, to see, is is that a real love for people? One of the dangers we run in across, uh, sometimes in reform circles, especially with our good doctrine in that, is we love ideas. But we not only want to love ideas, we want to love people as well. That we're, in a sense, passionate about people, not overbearing or anything like that. uh, But realize we've been impacted by the gospel of Jesus. And we want others to experience that impact of God's grace in Christ there. And so when you look at a congregation, it's good to look at what's the obstacles. Like ours has been here. Our people are more introverted in general, which kind of fits with me. That's my general tendency in certain settings and that. So what we did is we ran uh, two evangelism Sunday school classes. One was on friendship evangelism, and it was very nuts and bolts. Um, How do you develop friendship, friends? How do you nurture those relationships? How might you transition to the gospel in them? 
Uh, we also did like a four-week class on uh, evangelism in a, in a general sense, too. And we've tried to put that into the DNA of our congregation um, as, as we've gone about. So th those are just uh, some of the ways uh, that you develop that culture and celebrate, I think I might've pointed out, celebrate the stories too of uh, what and where God did. And, and the thing is too, is not to take credit for what has happened. We believe in the sovereign and amazing grace of God. And the Lord sometimes keeps us humbly because keeps us humble because he uses us tangentially in that process. We would hope we were central, but sometimes it's tangential. Yeah, that's good. So if I can build off that one example a little bit, you mentioned introverts and then doing a Sunday school to teach friendship. So you're you're addressing some of the hindrances and challenges. I'm going to pile on on that. How do you address the challenges of the challenges? In other words, how do introverts respond to, I don't want you to single people out, but how do sure. introverts respond to being taught about friendship? Because that alone may not be enough to get them going. You know, how do you, obviously it needs patience and things like that, but how do you walk people through that one particular challenge to evangelism. I'll give you a chance to kind of take us a couple more steps. Yeah, yeah. It it goes without saying, Brad, something I forgot in there was, you know, just uh, both the minister as a minister of the word and the people both doing evangelism. You, you know, I don't want to overplay one or, or the other. Sure. But uh, coming back to that introverted thing, I have a... Um, a book that I've used that's out of print um, that isn't real great theologically. We have to do kind of an overhaul of some of the things in it, but it breaks it down into kind of steps by steps. And we do things like, okay, make a list of, of people that you know who are non-Christians. Uh, come up with a list of places that you frequent. Uh, you know, it might be the um, gym or it might be the local grocery store and that. Pick out uh, two or three people that you can show more interest and kindness to um, as you go along. Realize that there's a number of points of entry into the church so um, maybe it's not actually presenting the gospel one-on-one uh, -on -one with somebody, but uh, you invite them to the church bonfire once a month during the summer months uh, so they can see that we're not all weird. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, God is, uh, we're weird in some ways, but uh, God has worked in and among us. And um, part of the culture of the Midwest, but especially Minnesota, as you know, is Minnesota nice. And so friendship evangelism works pretty good as you develop relationships uh, there. Now, we're Minnesota nice to a certain point. 
if you beat our twins, then it goes out the window. <laughs> but in general, uh, we're, we're Minnesota nice. And then uh, just try to follow up on it, pray for one another, encourage each other in the building of relationships and, and friendships, et cetera, uh, that are there. But I think sometimes we expect everybody to be like us to have the gifts and experiences and the talents that we have, and they may not. So you have to kind of discover where they're at, you know, is important part of that. Yeah, that's good. I like that breaking it down that you said you use that book to break it down into, you know, kind of manageable. Anytime we have a challenge, no matter what it is in life, if we can break it down into smaller steps, it feels more victorious and rewarding. And so you're, you're kind of, I like that you're kind of doing that with introverted people and not saying, Hey, you have to present, have people over for dinner and present the gospel to them. You're getting them to think about a couple of people that they could be kinder to. Everybody can, can kind of think about that. I like that. That's a, that's a helpful, that's a helpful. And we do make a, uh, available some resources for them. Um, like we've used uh, the two ways to live mm-hmm. uh, track and we say, here's something you can give out to people. There's a simple Bible study that you can do as you work through uh, from Matthias Media with them, um, uh, that sort of thing. We're hoping um, in the fall have sort of a collection for one of the um, a community cl- collection for one of the homeless shelters in the area. And uh, it's called uh, Hope for Anoka, I believe, is, or Youth for Anoka. Uh, Hope for Anoka is the name of it. We're we're new to the community, but we're going to piggyback on uh, the youth center and uh, hand out invitations with the idea of Hope for Anoka uh, to the Hope Explored uh, three-week series of uh, evangelism just to bring people uh, in, you know, and uh, to get them underneath the gospel. Very good. So that kind of, you've already mentioned this with the sort of friendship evangelism, but I'm wondering what uh, kinds of outreach, it doesn't necessarily have to be events, just how have you seen the Lord work as people have grown? You mentioned the one example of the the, the family coming in the back and being greeted. What other, uh, I'm not looking for, it doesn't have to be fireworks, can be just people being nice and friendly. What kinds of ways have you seen the Lord work and, and people being brought in either to at least visit the church or, you know, maybe to be there a little bit longer. And have you seen any ways that haven't, that you've tried, but haven't really been that productive or helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's helpful to distinguish a little bit between outreach and evangelism and, and some things are almost precursors uh, that can be used for evangelism. Uh, one of the things that we did at one point, and there's some ver- definite weaknesses to this uh, book, uh, but we studied uh, a book called The Art of Neighboring okay. um, in our Wednesday night uh, study. It needs some um, supplement theologically, et cetera, uh, but the practical part is is good my wife and I, Bonnie, she um, has a ministry background, uh, was a worker for Campus Crusader crew uh, before I, or when I met her. 
in that. So she's got a evangelistic uh, mindset to her. And so what we've done is uh, we live in a homeowners association of about uh, 17 buildings, 34 units. And we've sponsored uh, two or three times a year outside of COVID events for the neighborhood association. One is on neighborhood night out in August. Uh, we've had ice cream social last year. We had the police and fire department was there and the kids got to uh, see a hose uh, blasting away and they just enjoyed it. And people just get to mingle um, as part of it. We've also done a cookout uh, a lot of years. Um, on some years, we've done a Christmas uh, coffee uh, that we've had where we sang some carols. Uh, uh, one occasion, Bonnie gave her testimony a bit. Um, oh, uh, interesting thing that I've done, not in church plants, plant settings, but I was in one locale where there were a lot of people from different countries that were there. And so what we did is around Christmas time, we had a Christmas around the world coffee. And uh, this lady from Japan shared this one from South Africa, et cetera, about some different customs back in their home country around Christmas time. And then um, I had a message, about a 15-minute message on uh, Isaiah 9, 6, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, you, you know, as, as things. So um, sometimes you can use those cultural events uh, for, for doing some outreach uh, there. We have had some events where nobody showed up. <laughs> uh, we had one where we did a event on cybersecurity. Uh, we have a guy who's an expert on it in our congregation. We had a couple of people show up, but not much from the community. Uh, again, that principle that Jim uh, Bosgraf used to teach, you know, you do one thing, but God brings them in often another way. It's it's interesting. There hasn't been a lot of direct fruit to some of our homeowners association stuff. There was with one man who who uh, died and passed away, uh, but it we carry weight in in our area uh, because of that, you, you know. And even some people who aren't ready for a reformed church, uh, they've sometimes visited. They're supportive, encouraging that way. It, you know, one of the ways God has used me, interesting, is um, some of my pastoral gifts and experiences are, are some of the ways uh, God did it. And very simple ways, Brad, um, nothing profound. Uh, like in one church planning situation, there was a lady in her 60s. She had been married 40 years. Her husband got a girlfriend, uh, divorced her. Uh, she knew somebody in our congregation who invited her to church. I would meet with her, uh, read the scriptures, pray with her, etc. Well, over the course of a number of months, um, she came to know the Lord. And uh, many years later, she's faithfully following him. And she said, it was good for me to go for my, through my divorce in one sense, uh, because I would have never found the Lord. Now we know the Lord can grab anyone, any place, any time, uh, but God used that I experience. 
the door-to-door work, it, it develops a, a presence in the community. I haven't seen a lot of results of it. When I was in Cedarburg, Wisconsin, planting, uh, one year, I think I went out at least 25 times um, during the summer months, you know, door-to-door. Uh, didn't see any particular fruit from from that, but it's up to the Lord to to do, and we want to be faithful in what we do. Another interesting thing that's been helpful but not real fruitful has been uh, what we call welcome bag ministry. And what it is is from uh, certain papers, you can get a list of the houses that have sold, and uh, we send them a postcard. Then a couple of weeks later, we stop big, uh, back by with a bag of different items, uh, some things about our Bible study, uh, a tract, uh, the OPC tract, uh, used to be before COVID, some fresh baked cookies or breads or that sort of thing, and just say, hey, we're from uh, Emmanuel Church. We realize you're new in the community. Where did you move from? Um, we want to welcome you here, and we have uh, uh, a bag of goodies for you. Uh, do you happen to have a church home already? If not, we would love for, uh, for you to join us. And uh, it's interesting, something that doesn't come with strings attached uh, often ends up being received better. We had it where nothing happened for a couple of years. And then toward the end of our time in Cedarburg, we had two new families that started coming out of the welcome bag ministry. Yeah, those are great, really practical. I think people benefit from hearing the different. I think one of the things people love about the podcast is hearing different men talk about different things that congregations are doing. So I appreciate that. Well, Jim, this has been great. We really appreciate you taking your time. We appreciate your thoughtful answers. I've, I've enjoyed the interaction, and uh, we're really glad and pray the Lord would continue to bless your work. So thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, it's great to be with you. You know, as we think about the work of God, uh, He works in normal ways, and sometimes He works in extraordinary ways. And uh, it's just amazing to see the acts of God. And uh, to him belongs all the glory and praise. Thank you, listeners. That's it for today's episode. You can go to the website at outwardopc.com to check out more resources. And you can sign up for our email list where you will receive notifications when new things are available. Until then, we'll see you next episode.